Welcome back to another spooky episode of Preview Review, your favorite ghastly movie trailer podcast. This is our Halloween episode, and Ryan didn't know I was doing this bit until we started recording. I'm scared. Woo! Well, it doesn't have to be a scary Halloween episode. We could do like a more like fun family Halloween episode if that's more the vibe you want to go to. I'm scared. Somebody get out the xylophone. I feel like fun xylophone? Fun Halloween movies always have like xylophone music. That's the one that goes like ding ding ding. Yeah. Okay. Sure. We Just, can go with, we're going to go with that that vibe. Mix it up. Do like a, a PG-13 vibe where it's like a little spooky but like still okay for like and like still like happy ending. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's always a happy ending. On preview, preview review, <laughs> every episode ends with us both very happy. Sure. We enjoyed our time here. All the listeners are happy at the end. Yeah, because they get to find out what the best trailer of the week was. They were never going to decide. And which movie we're most looking forward to. I know, they would have never known. And <laughs> they get to be asked for fan art that's never going to come in. God damn it. Where's my fucking fan art? <laughs> you can't. Okay, that's our one F-bomb for our PG-13 episode. It was worth it. If we do one more F-bomb, this is now a hard R Halloween episode. It was worth it. Alright, that's it. That's it. I'm definitely going to say that F-word again, but we'll see. Don't do it, or else the MPAA is going to get up all on our ass. Oh, ooh, okay. That's ass okay. is okay. That's okay. Ass that's okay. is okay. That's in like PG movies. We're fine. We're, yeah. we're totally cool. Like Donkey it says ass in Shrek. Well, but that, yeah, it's like a double entendre. Exactly. You know, just kind of skirting around the line. Yeah. Donkey would probably wear a skirt. That'd be the joke they'd make in a Shrek movie. Speaking of Halloween movies and uh, swearing in movies, Veronica and I just recently watched the Disney Haunted Mansion movie again. Oh. And I was Googling while I watch it, you know, was what I do when we watch movies is just Google the movies while you're watching them. Yes, of course. And uh, I learned that it was the first movie that they played on Disney Channel to have, like, light swearing on it besides oh, the he word says big ass termites helen dan because he says big ass termites damn crazy eddie murphy skirting eddie around murphy it. really <laughs> coming for disney's brand here in the haunted mansion movie wow that's not even the worst part of the movie the zo- the mausoleum zombies in that movie are like legitimately terrifying it turns mm. up into like a straight horror movie like three quarters into the so film. you rewatched it and then the climax is like not scary at all is it like the, the like horror level in the movie which you would expect to like ramp up towards the climax of the film it's more of like a bell curve it's oh, like okay oh like really scary stuff in the middle of like having to find the key and figure out the mystery and then like we found out what the mystery is and then it's like total like like the climax but and the resolution is like, just like not scary at all the, like it's a, like a it romance ends with, like movie. someone being dragged to hell though right Oh, I guess that's true. It but it's of... not super graphic. And after somebody gets sent to hell, all the other ghosts like ascend to heaven. So yes. it's like very quickly resolved. Wait. <laughs> With like a very positive framework. Isn't that how like the corpse bride ends too? Someone's dragged I never to saw hell. The corpse bride. Oh, it's good. There's I also the movie than... Drag Me to Hell. I've never seen that with one. With Justin Long, which is supposed to be like one of the few good PG 13 horror movies. Like our podcast. Just like our podcast. <laughs> this is Drag Me to Hell. Part cast. one. Part 30, because this is episode 30. <laughs> Anyways, on today's episode, we will be discussing the trailers for The Witches and Freaky. And Only if you're two? like, wait a sec, that's 
That's only two, like Ryan just said. Only two? Because he didn't know that's what I was transitioning with. Only two? That's because, A, it's a Halloween episode and we only want to talk about horror movies coming up. But more importantly, B, more and more movies are getting delayed because the pandemic continues to rage on in this great nation. And... The true horrors. if, If we start doing trailers for movies... That are getting pushed back to like next year, like we start talking about the James Bond trailers, or, or even Dune. towards the end of this year, where like, you know, Soul's gonna come out on Disney Plus, which we know at Christmas time. If we start doing the trailers for the stuff we know, we're gonna we're gonna hit a dead end. So we're gonna kinda like we're gonna take a step back again, we're gonna reduce the amount of trailers we do this week to fit with the theme and also to just, you know, reserve some energy and mm-hmm. some quality trailers for for the long run. Because these movies keep getting delayed and there's you know, there's only so many movies that can come out. It's not like we're going to get to, like, spring of next year and all of these delayed movies are coming out on top of, like, brand new blockbusters. Because be nothing's wild. been getting filmed because production on stuff kind of just started ramping back up after it got closed down. So, you know, this is just a weird time for this podcast. When Ryan and I originally started Preview Review last summer, we thought, oh, this is the perfect subject for podcasts because there's always new trailers coming out always new movies it's like a continuous cycle like every other weekend some big name movies coming out other big name movies are getting announced and trailers and teasers are being released it's kind of the perfect like self-feeding cycle of content for us to podcast about critique analyze and then a global pandemic that shut down a majority of film production and releases happened and we were like what the I can't say that. Frick. What the heck is going on here? Our podcast structure is is being ruined. And that's why no one's sponsoring us. This is the only reason why. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of listeners. Yeah, hundreds of thousands. Across the globe. Global reach. Remember that one person? Our merch sales are through the roof. We're getting fan art in our DMs every other day. It's true. And yet, we can't get a sponsor because of COVID. And I think that we should apply for some government assistance. It's true, please. Because this podcast used to be my main source of income. Please, (laughs) please, the US government. I need money to, uh, for all the... The cost Daddy of this... Trump, I didn't even get my $1,200 in the first run. What the... F- well, uh, what the I frick? Can't say it. Exactly. Uh, I got my 1200 but that was from my personal account. I need this for my business preview oh, review we know account. we need to do the payment protection loan. Exactly. You know, the paychecks that I used to cash weekly from preview review m- money. That we used to be getting thousands of dollars every episode. Yeah, I was getting ready to buy a house. But not anymore. Nope, not anymore. We've gone on so long, I can't even afford a proper end to this bit. So the next thing we're going to talk about is just the horrors of the actual world. Regal Cinemas has been put on the deathbed. Yeah, they've basically announced a nationwide shutdown of all Regal theaters. Multi-nation. It's in the UK, too. Oh, yeah, UK, too. Um, It's not that they're... Like closing and selling all their, all their buildings because they're just stopped operations. It's like so they've gone back to like. It's kind of like a company wide furlough where, like, okay, we're just not going to have any theaters operating in the US or the UK for now, for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. They haven't announced an end date, but it doesn't mean that they're going to be gone forever. But, but it, it might... does raise the question of like, how long can they stay closed? Without having to resort to selling buildings mm-hmm. and giving up, you know, yeah. 
It's a weird space. situation for the movie theaters right now because they wanted to reopen because they weren't making any money. But now that they've reopened, they're losing more money because of the cost it takes to maintain a theater. And movies aren't coming out for them to make enough revenue. It's sort of this vicious cycle that started where it's like studios are too hesitant to put out movies because not they don't think the theaters are open and doing enough business to make the movies money. But the theaters are like wanting to open, waiting for movies to be out so that people will come to the theater to see them so they can make money. So it's kind of like both, like, you know... They're both playing chicken with who's going to take the big hit first. And so far, it's the theaters. Yeah, and and it really shouldn't be because I feel like theaters have such, um, you know, they their margins and their revenue models are so much more stringent than movie studios, which are putting out, like, multi-million dollar movies every year. Mm-hmm. The theaters rely so much more on, like, getting customers in week after week. Yeah. I think the studios are, are more financially yeah. suited to take the hit, but they're not going to because... But it's you know, tough for the studios as well because... Companies. Well, the studios put, like, what? Wonder Woman cost how many million dollars to make? And if it flops, like, they've just lost that money. And that's millions of dollars in the tank. And if a movie theater doesn't show movies, then they're just losing money because they're having to pay the employees to be there when no one's showing up and no one's buying tickets. So it's really a lose-lose situation. And if this keeps going on, major chains like Regal and AMC will die. And then we'll be left with, I don't know, maybe the indie theaters. But then they'll probably get bought out by the studios. And that's not that doesn't sound good to me. Yeah. I don't want to just go to the Disney theater to watch Soul. I want to be yeah. able to watch Soul at AMC. Well, it's so interesting because I feel like the theaters were just hitting their stride with the subscription model. Like AMC A-List was doing super well regal had their own for thing. customers and for the company um you know their the services were well reviewed and they were driving business to the theaters mm-hmm. regal was launching a new pop i mean movie pass had to take the hit for them to like well movie settle pass into was just their a dumb business because movie pass is a third party company trying yeah. to like a, trying to like pioneer this format but when it was done by the theaters themselves or the theater chains at least it worked really well mm-hmm. um let alone, I mean, driving business to indie theaters is like a totally different thing. But at least the corporate theaters were doing very well with this new business model. And I think it was kind of like creating a little bit more of a renaissance of like the experience of going to the theater. It was like felt everything felt very different. Um, yeah. Because it wasn't like, let's go to the theater and pick out a movie and pick a showtime and go. It was like plan ahead, get your seats ahead of time. But it was like re- it was like revolutionizing the movie going experience. Exactly. Um and then with the pandemic and everything, now it's like, I don't even know when the next time I'll step foot into a theater yeah. is, or, or when at least that time comes, what it'll look like compared to what everything was like in mm-hmm. the months just prior to COVID. And the only way theaters are like barely staying alive right now is that they're showing old movies for like five bucks. Like you can go watch Hocus Pocus or The Nightmare Before Christmas on the big screen right yeah. now, which is really cool, but you have to Hocus risk Pocus your life. Hocus Pocus is number two at the box office. Yeah. Hocus <laughs> Pocus, a box office bomb from the 90s is now, like, be one of the highest-grossing movies in America this weekend. <laughs> Second to the brand-new Christopher Nolan blockbuster. I mean, I don't know any other timeline or, like, parallel universe where that would even happen. Like, Hocus Pocus <laughs> has a great cult following of, like, people our age that love it, but I don't know anyone else who's... And it's also if, on Disney+, Plus. you it, can just watch it at home! And if it hadn't been for the pandemic and it was... Even if they did this limited re-release for like, I think it's because it's like the twentieth anniversary. I think or they're just twentieth anniversary. Just something. the pandemic. But even if it hadn't been for the pandemic and they were just re-releasing it into theaters, like 
some people will go see it, but not if it was up against like everything else that was supposed to be yeah, in theaters like at this Tenet, point in time. Wonder Woman, Candyman, yeah. <laughs> Death no, on the there's Nile. There's no way it would be like that high up on the box office revenue list. And so it's just interesting to see how this whole like saga of not just initial closures and initial production shutdowns and initial delays, but this continued cycle of like, we're back to normal. No, we're not. We're back to normal. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. Has been this constant push and pull for studios and theaters alike. And I, I'm definitely, I'm less hopeful now for the future of theaters than I was maybe a couple weeks or months yeah. ago. No, this is the second wave that everyone that we was talking about. about to like kind of be reintroduced to normalcy, at least in terms of theater going, you know, with limited seating and masks and all that, mm-hmm. of course. But yeah, with the regal announcement, everything seemed like it kind of took a downturn. There's no major movies coming out until like Thanksgiving now. And then after, I don't know, I think there's only like four or five major releases for the rest of the year, which well, sounds ridiculous. And who knows if those will still continue without Regal film, uh, without Regal. Uh, and the main open. reason a lot of movies aren't coming out is because theaters still in New York City and in Los Angeles aren't open, and those are two of the biggest hubs for the industry. Yeah. yeah. So if those places don't open up and studios don't decide to put their the- movies out, I don't know what next time we're going to go back to the theaters. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're one of those listeners that when we've talked previously about loving the movie going experience to the theaters and you're like, no way, I'd much rather, you know, have a future where it's mostly video on demand. Well, it looks like you might be on the winning side of this argument because I don't see a future where we're having like large box office films, you know, debuting in theaters for a while. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, The director of No Time to Die came out with a quote and was saying something like, he still wants the movie to come out in theaters, but he has different expectations for it now. Right. He doesn't expect it still to make the money that it would in normal COVID time. He goes, it'll do how well it ever it does, and we'll have to base that on like the new situation we're in. Mm-hmm. So people are already thinking ahead and realizing no movie is going to like pull billion-dollar box offices again, mm-hmm. at least for a couple of years. Yeah, and I wonder if this has maybe positive implications. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to do the silver lining thing. I think the status of the industry and the economic impact it's had on theaters, studios, production crews alike is is terrible, and it's I wouldn't bleak. wish it on anybody. But I wonder if there is a, a positive outcome at the end of this towards um, some non-commercially successful but really well-reviewed um, like indie films and things like that where maybe when video on demand is more the format, it's a little bit easier to see the movie that, you know, would normally only drop at, like, an indie theater or would normally only have, like, a couple matinee show times. It's not the big blockbuster thing that's getting every time slot. And because um, of this, it kind of so feels... do more people see, like, movies like The Florida Project mm-hmm. or things like that that are, like, movies that fewer people have seen in the theaters, but then they're ones that get really well-reviewed by the community or movies that get good performance in award season, like mm-hmm. Parasite, you know, that really didn't get a lot of big release in major theaters until after it was nominated for the Oscars. And it's interesting. I think that this will definitely have an impact um, because with those smaller movies in particular, like you don't have the urgency to see them opening weekend like you do the new Marvel or the new Star Wars because everyone's going to be talking about it online. People will discover it more like naturally. Mm-hmm. And then like and when you're in conversation with someone, you're like, have you seen this movie? And like it's just some, a small indie film. And if they haven't seen it, you don't go, oh my god, you haven't seen it? Like, it's been yeah. out three weeks, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, no, like, it'll be more natural, maybe they're waiting for it to go to Netflix or something, and then once they discover it, maybe it'll have a better life there. It's just, everything's changing about how the world consumes 
media now. Yeah, and if you told me to guess like where the status of movie going and film releases and all that stuff would be, like say at this time next year, I don't even know if I could like make a guess because everything no. like seems like it's so up in the air and there's definitely companies and people that are trying to get things back to normal how it was before the pandemic shutdowns and things but also i don't know if i see a future where everything just kind of lines back up with how things were exactly so i don't even know if i could make a guess it just, yeah. everything seems so unpredictable at this and we're point. on this weird cross line like where there's two lines that are going to intersect and that's where we are or that's where we're going to be is like the rise of every like studio having their own streaming service and the decline of like theatrical experience so they can meet in the middle where everyone's just going to put their movies on their own streaming services like Disney Plus or HBO Max or Peacock. Yeah. and Or does one overtake the other and the studios now own the theaters or the or it goes the other way and there's no theaters anymore. Everything's online, you know. Like, it's all uncertain. And if you asked me last year, like at this time in October, if I thought Sonic the Hedgehog was going to be the second highest grossing movie at the domestic box office in October 2020, I would have definitely <laughs> said no. It's not even in the top 10, but it's up there with Bad Boys for Life. We couldn't even like make our like summer bo- movie box office game where we're like charting and everything, you know, week to week is changing based on movies that are sustaining no better in the box office out. or mo- new movies that are premiering. The box office top 10 right now is like shockingly similar to what it was back in like yeah. February. Except like <laughs> Tenet is at number 7 now. And that's the only difference. Like Tenet hasn't even made $50 million domestic. Like, that's Tenet where we're at. is just climbing the ladder, but nothing else like above or below it is shifting. No. And Tenet's climbing the ladder so slowly. <laughs> It's like reaching out for the next drum, yeah. but it hasn't quite grabbed it yet. <laughs> it can't like make enough money in like one weekend to like pop it up a spot or two. It's just no. like totally inching towards. But maybe it'll settle at like five or six but by the I end mean, of the year. Uh, worldwide, we're seeing like a return to normalcy somewhat with China. Like a couple big movies came out in China. Right. Large film markets that are no longer under as heavy mm-hmm. restrictions because of COVID, because they've had you know better. They've gone policies, through it already too, or they've been kind of behind. Or yeah, ahead, ahead of us. us in the curve. Mm-hmm. So like China has the number one movie globally right now, and it's like I don't know. It sounds like some propaganda movie called like My People, My Country, but it's number one. <laughs> like good job, Chinese propaganda. You made it. Yeah. Like. I haven't seen it. It's playing in some theaters, but I'm not going to go risk my life for Chinese propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll watch it on Netflix, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be interesting if they put it on Netflix. Well, last year they put uh, they usually put like big releases in China on Netflix. Like uh, The Wandering Earth was a huge oh, right, release, right, right. and now it's on Netflix. And it's fine. Speaking of movies that are just fine... Tyler, you recently saw Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> oh, yes. I forgot to do our review roundup. Ryan also has movies to review. But yes, I watched Hoobie Halloween, the Adam Sandler Halloween comedy movie. It's fine. The overall plot and like tone of the movie is like kind of meh and just Adam Sandler and, you know, whatever. But there's a couple like tiny little visual gags or, you know, one-liners that got me laughing. So overall, like... Maybe this movie's like a C where I'm like, oh, it wasn't like I totally rolled my eyes at all of it. And it's like a terrible Adam Sandler film, like The Ridiculous Six or whatever, um, with its 0% Rotten Tomatoes. I think this movie's at like a 50% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think balances out the like, uh, there's like some stuff that is like some quality writing or whatever. But mm-hmm. overall, it's like not the most impressive comedy mm-hmm. film, but it definitely is just a movie about some people having a good time at Halloween, which 
I enjoy because I like Halloween <laughs> as a holiday. So, uh, is it worth the time you put into it? Like, how long is this movie? Like an hour it's and a half? It's definitely not something I'd like, oh, let's get everybody together on like a Friday night pop- popcorn and all sit down and watch this movie. But it's like a fine movie to like have on like while you're working from home or doing other stuff around mm-hmm. the house to like occasionally catch a okay. joke or something in the background. So, it sounds like it's a decent movie but it's not a movie if you don't have netflix that you'd recommend buying netflix for yeah or wedge it into like a multi-night like halloween movie like like marathon uh or something where you're like oh like like the disney haunted mansion movie was like not that good but it's like okay to have like a fun spooky time and watch a couple other movies and like oh like beetlejuice and you know the Nightmare Before Christmas are like better movies. Those so are it's both okay to like great movies. Watch those next to like other stuff that's maybe not so good. I'm not lumping Beetlejuice or Nightmare Before Christmas in with Hoobie. No, no, but you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I'm like over the course of like the month of October. Okay, not like all in one night. Okay, or okay. I think those you know, two are a step above. Sometimes they're winners. Sometimes they're lo- there's losers. Like Hocus Pocus is like by you know it's box office numbers and it's critic mm-hmm. reviews not a good movie but it's fun to watch yeah. as like a halloween i don't think hocus pocus whatever. is a good movie that's my hot take <laughs> but i i like how much joy it brings to people it's fun to watch like i like that a, people enjoy the time they have Hoobie with halloween's it. not as good as hocus pocus okay but it's just it's a different type of tone you know mm-hmm. i like parts of hocus pocus i'm not completely bashing it but if i had to give it a score it would not be positive everything um, in hocus pocus this is not hocus pocus hocus talk. pocus talk hocus the new po- podcast hocus podcast exactly welcome to hocus <laughs> podcast everything in hocus pocus that has to do with title. the witches are great everything in hocus pocus that has to do with all the other characters you mean the virgin not as good <laughs> why do they spend so much time telling me this boy's a virgin i thought this was a disney why movie. do they spend like a 10 or 15 second gag in the movie about the mom being dressed up as madonna it's there's no point it was the 90s too like madonna it's like, like is in the cultural icon- yeah. like people know about her but like why okay the, the equivalent to that is the gag of the girl being dressed as Billie Eilish and Hubie Halloween. I feel like That's Billie Eilish is more It's more, it's more synced up with the zeitgeist It'd be like today, if someone sure. like was dressed up as Miley Cyrus in the Wrecking Ball video. In yeah, the movie in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Um, we also both saw Enola Holmes. That's another oh, Netflix yeah, I had one. A good time with that one. I liked Enola Holmes. I thought it was fun. Good little mystery. Uh, Daddy Sherlock did it for me. He wasn't in it much, but I still think he's one of the best Sherlock's. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think Millie Bobby Brown did great. I think the story's fun. The action's exciting. Um, a lot of people were like saying, oh, this movie shouldn't be rated PG-13. It's like a family fun movie. But like there's some pretty graphic scenes towards the end that makes it earn that PG-13, I think. And um, honestly, I think it's a fun time all around. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, and I like that they set it up for you know future installments if they want to um i was it was curious because the trailer kind of made it seem like the mom being missing was sort of the main mystery of the film but that's not really the case enola kind of gets pulled into helping to solve this other case mm-hmm. um kind of like a sherlockian type adventure where it's like the case of this other thing that she discovers and stumbles upon what is he even called though like the lord like of the marquess of tewksbury or whatever yeah, yeah i don't know british countryside you know some weird like <laughs> feudal system <laughs> uh holdover title but um, know, that's what england's like all the time right yeah still today but you can't you like buy like um a like world title online or whatever by like 
doing some Queen random Vic- stuff. Queen Elizabeth's just selling that shit? No, not like a knighthood, but like oh. some random, like you can be like a an earl or something. Oh, so know. it's like being a congressman here. You can just buy your way. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> or like, what's the like thing that lawyers get that they just basically have to pay for to be, oh, Esquire. Oh. Like, it's like not, Thaddeus J. Toad? That's not like a thing where they're like, it's not like a thing where they have to like have a degree to get that title. It's like just a separate thing that they apply wow. for or whatever. Bill S. Preston isn't a lawyer. <laughs> I've been lied to. But yeah, so I think Enola could definitely like uh, have future installments where mm-hmm. she's solving other cases and getting rubbed into yeah. other misadventures. And it's based off a series of books, and there's six Enola Holmes adventures. So I'd oh, watch. Nice. I'd watch at least two more. Yeah, definitely. Uh huh. Especially if they all come out on Netflix. Yeah, I think it would be weird now if they put the first one out on Netflix and then the future mm-hmm. ones were theatrical well, releases. This was a re- Nola was supposed to be a theatrical exactly, release. but I think Netflix now kind of has like well, yeah now it's the Netflix. precedent for it kind of needs to come out on Netflix because it'd be weird if it was like hey wasn't that funny at the time we put out the first one on Netflix because of the pandemic anyways come see the number two in theaters <laughs> well <laughs> I mean High School Musical three was the only one that came that, out in that's theaters. true but I feel like doing the culmination is different than like the Part first two. one and then none of the rest. <laughs> Uh, I also saw The Devil All the Time on Netflix, and I think this is a really good movie. A lot of solid performances. Um, it's kind of like that type of movie where you're like with a bunch of different characters, and then they all culminate and their stories intertwine and cross. And I think it did it really well. And Tom Holland's really superb in this role. It's a role that's not Spider-Man that he does really well. I don't know many other Tom Holland movies, but he's a good little actor. <laughs> um, and the themes in it are really well. I, it's interesting. One thing that I, like, when I was, you know, looking on Wikipedia while the movie was playing, like you do, um, I found out the author of the book is the narrator, which was just kind of a fun fact. There's a narrator? Yeah, there's a narrator, and the author of the book is the narrator. And he kind of just, read like, narrates like it's a book. Like, he's, it's like, and then Tom Holland, like, went hitchhiking. <laughs> and then he does. <laughs> You know, but I think it's a good movie. It's not like fun like the last two. It's more heavy, but I think it. I don't know. It's a step above those because it's more of a like make you think about different things in life and like how things would have gone differently and the abuse of power that people have and how they use it. So, um, yeah, it's a good one. Check it out if you have the time. Nice. Yeah, I've definitely heard good things, but I'm always curious to see if that's just because people like Tom Holland. Or if the movie's actually well, like, very good. All the people I like Tom Holland's great, so is uh Robert Pattinson. He's not in it as much as I thought he would be. I thought he was like gonna be like the main antagonist, but he is an antagonist, but he's not in it that long. Like Interesting. It's about how things happen around Tom Holland kind of. Like Bill Skarsgard's mm-hmm. in it. But Bill Skarsgard kind of like Forrest Gump style where it's like him interacting with different people throughout like the um, course of his life or whatever. Kind of it's kinda of like split up into like different chapters. Like uh think like pulp fiction. Oh, okay. Like, uh, how Bruce Willis isn't in it that much, but he's still, right. like, got a big chunk of the movie. Yeah. That's, like... And his, like, mind. role has bigger implications for, like, mm-hmm. multiple... That's how I'd, like, lines. compare to, uh, Robert Pattinson. Interesting. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, well, should we dive into the first of our two trailers? Ooh, Splish Splash. Let's go. The first trailer we're talking about today is the trailer for The Witches. This movie comes out on October 22nd on HBO Max. It's directed by Robert Zemeckis and stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, Jazeera Kadeem Bruno, Chris Rock, and Kristen Chenoweth. This is, of course, the second theatrical adaptation. This isn't theatrical. Well, not theatrical. Film adaptation uh, of the Roald Dahl novel, The Witches. The first one came out in 1990, so this one is coming out 30 years after 
the original adaptation. Uh, it seems like they're definitely taking some creative liberties. The uh, original witch's book and movie takes place in Europe. This one takes place in the 1960s in Alabama. Um, and the storyline is basically a kid that starts to uncover the reality of there being witches that exist in the world. Um, culminating in this encounter at a hotel in which he's turned into a mouse and has to figure out how to foil the witch's evil plan. And be a boy again. And be a boy again. With the help of his grandma. Octavia Spencer. I'm very excited that she's in this role. The grandma's like such a good character. I don't know the actress that plays her in the 1990 adaptation, but she's such a great character in that movie too. And I'm excited for Spencer's portrayal of that character in this movie as well. And Anne Hathaway looks like she's having a great time as the big bad witch. Of course, the role of the grand witch or whatever. I forget exactly what the title of that character is. The big bad um, witch. (laughs) That is such an iconic role. Veronica's home. Welcome. We're talking the witches. What are your thoughts? Well, this is perfect timing. Veronica just got home from work. Welcome home. And Veronica and I just recently watched the 1990 adaptation of the witches film. Did you know that they're making a new one with Anne Hathaway? No. It's the one where the witches turn the kid into a mouse. Oh my god. Terrifying. I knew you would remember it. Oh my god. So this is interesting. So just to recap you, because we just intro it for our, our listeners, but you just walked in. Um, this one <laughs> yeah. is being set in 1960s Alabama instead of in Europe, and Octavia Spencer is playing the grandma. And Anne Hathaway's oh. the witch. And Anne Hathaway's the big bad witch. No one can be... So what, this is what I was going to say. The role of that big bad witch is in the 1990 adaptation is played by Angelica Houston, yes. who famously is like Morticia Adams in the yes. Adams Family so live action good. movies. And her performance in that movie is like stellar. Like so she does good. so good both in like her like when she's supposed to look like a human and being just like kind of like aloof and creepy but also when she has to have like the gnarly makeup on and look like the like the ugly witch mask. like nasty like villain. She's the Halloween queen. It's incredible. <laughs> her performance queen. is so good but I feel like if there's any if you were to ask me to pick like any actress in today's like canon to reprise that role I feel like Anne Hathaway is like not a bad choice. What do you think? I think Angelina Jolie would be really good. She has, like, the same facial structure. I might have said Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah, that's good. But I feel like Anne Hathaway can pull it off. Kate who? Kate Kate Blanchett. Wait, is that how you pronounce her last name? How do you say it? Blanchett? Blanchett. No, it's Blanchett. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, well, I feel like Blanchett would be, like, how you would say it if she was from, like... Alabama. 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 Like, I'm Kate Blanchett, but I feel like because she's like, was she Australian or like? It feels like it needs to be more European. Where it's like Blanchett. I feel like it's French. Blanchett. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's Australian. (laughs) But Kate Blanchett notoriously is like transformative roles. Didn't she play Bob Dylan in that one movie? Did she? I don't know. There's like a movie where uh, like multiple actors play fictionalized versions of Bob Dylan at different points in his career. Never and one of them is, like, Bob Dylan. How funny. Wow. I know. Or one of them is Kate Blanchett, not Bob Dylan. <laughs> no, I got what you're saying. One of them is Bob Dylan playing Bob Dylan. Wow, Every time, so accurate. Uh, someone brings up, like, who's gonna play David Bowie in the biopic? Everyone's like, Kate Blanchett. And I'm like, that would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She played... Yeah, here, here's a photo. The movie's called I'm Not There. Wow. She looks good. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can see Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. No, from now on, preview review, it's only Kate Blanchett. I'm I'll sorry. try. I literally thought that was her name. It's okay. But Witches, Tyler was saying that was his favorite movie 
Well, one of his favorite. Well, some of my favorites, but I really liked it growing up because I really liked the Roald Doll. But it's terrifying. But, no, as but an I didn't remember well. it being that scary, like oh, the movie. But we actually, watched it, and I was like, "How was I not traumatized by this as a kid?" I was like, I'm but I feel like I had an early uh, introduction to horror movies as a kid, and it was probably through the witches film adaptation. I haven't oh seen that '90s movie since I was a kid, and I think I've blocked most of it out because I was so no, scared. So Ryan doesn't super it. remember. He's never read the book, and he doesn't really remember the. Film adaptation. I remember so, those evil witches, they're bald, and they carried the kid into mice. Yeah, let me ask you, what, what do you think the, pl- the overall plot of the film is, or well, the story? Well, I've seen the trailer where they sing, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> so, it's this little boy and his grandma, he like goes to visit his grandma, and then they go to a hotel for fun, I guess, and then the witches are there, and they're like, we're going to have a witch convention at this hotel, and then they're going to turn all the kids into mice because they hate kids, and then... Somehow the kid has to turn back into a boy with the help of grandma and beat the witches. The yeah, end. that's pretty close. That's close. So the There's just the more book, terrifying the details. book and the movie, um, the nineties are very sim- the nineteen ninety movie are very similar until the ending. But basically, the premise is this boy is staying with his grandma. His parents actually die in a car crash, which is a plot oh, so that they include in both the book and the nineteen ninety movie. Which is like, are they gonna put that one in this one or not? I feel like, feel like they will because. Chris Rock is like the narrator narrating it from like the future. Chris Rock is the narrator? Is, because, yeah. Why? What? Chris I don't Rock know. It's has like been a, the great narrator and everybody loves Chris. So they just brought him over. I just feel like it's a, such a serious like. Well, Chris Rock is having a serious turn right now. He's, he's on Fargo. He's in that he's new song dramatic movie. Roles, yeah. He's like going oh. more dramatic right now. I just, I guess I like me with my 90s picture of him. But it's still like a family movie. It's still like a family movie, so it's not like it's got to be a hundred percent serious. I mean, it's about like fat kids turning into mice at some point. Just fat kids? No, no, no. no, no. One of them is okay. Um, The like Augustus Gloop knockoff character. How terrifying is like the baldness and like them peeling? No, everything's terrifying. But anyways, the (laughs) they peel off their skin. The plot of the movie, as we're talking about. Terrifying. Is the parents are in a car crash, so the kid's staying with his grandma now, and he, like, has to, like, recoup, like, you know, there's, like, some emotional trauma he's going through, and then the grandma's telling him all about how she knows that witches are real, because there was, like, a kid that she was friends with when she was little that was abducted by witches, and so she knows how to spot witches in the wild, or in, like, the world where they're pretending to be normal oh, women. Like she, she, as a kid, saw one. There's, like, a, no, there's, like, a very famous piece of the story, which is, like, her friend was a was a, taken by a witch and was like in a painting that was hanging in their parents' oh, house, which is like really freaky and cool in the 1990 adaptation. I hope they include it in the new one. But also terrifying. But then the grandma gets cancer. It's like double whammy. What? And so in the in the book and in the 1990 film, that's why they go to the hotel because it's like a hotel by the sea. And I don't know if like European medicine at that time they were like go get like some some sun. sea air and some sun and it'll help with your healing so i don't know if that's what they'll do it doesn't seem like that's why they go to a hotel in 1960s alabama know. but we'll see what their what their <laughs> end game is oh, they went to a hotel for fun what? was not <laughs> 1960s alabama 60s. yeah during the civil rights, civil rights era mm-hmm. yeah I wonder if there will be some hardcore racism in this film. I think that's like a main. Re- I don't know. Like you cast the main characters as both being black in the 1960s, and all the witches are white. You have to like touch on that somehow, or else it's just like, why did you do this? Yeah. yeah why would you? Or maybe like you know how the uh, the hotel management kind of has like this weird Sneaky. like yeah presence towards the grandma because yeah. they think that she's hiding. Maybe it like is roped mm. into that somehow. And then she's like psycho in it like these other like the other parents like hate this grandma because she like comes up with these stories yeah 
But anyway, so while they're at the hotel, hates her because she's black. That's oh no, you could do that. Nineteen sixty, Stanley Tucci's just a racist. So we're editing. (laughs) Yeah, when when everyone's like acting like concerned about the grandma, it's is either because she's weird or is it because they're racist? I think they. I think that's where they're going with this. Honestly. I mean. But uh, anyways, while they're at the hotel, all of a sudden it's like the global witch convention is at the hotel and the kids <laughs> in like Alabama, sneak in into the convention room and they see all of these, uh, all of these like women turning into witches, taking off their skin and like transforming into like ugly witches or whatever. And the grand witch is revealing this plot to turn all of the kids in the world into mice by like injecting this poison that does that. Oh, it's not just a magical... no, no, it's like a magical, it's like, what's like, that called? A potion. They're putting they a potion. Po- witches do potions, oh, not just spells. A potion into chocolate. Into chocolate and candy, because that's the one thing that every child loves is chocolate and candy. Not and they're going to put it in chocolate and candy, and they're going to feed it to all the kids in the world, and then everybody turns into mice, because what does everybody do when they see a mouse? They kill it. And so then they're like, we don't have to get our hands dirty and kill all the kids. The parents are going to do it for us because their kids will be mice and they'll kill all the mice. Why don't they just put poison in the chocolate? I know. It's like, (laughs) because they're witches and they have to use potions. Because it has to be spooky. I mean, turning into a mouse seems pretty terrifying. So anyways, they turn a bunch of kids, or they turn like the main kid into a mouse. Also, the like transfiguration process is also terrifying. Oh yeah. It looks like in the trailer for this one, it looks like it's a lot more, um... Looks like CGI. Like, kind of comedic, where he kind of is like, whoa! And, like, up in a big cloud of purple smoke, and then, like, lands as a mouse. They're gonna make it, like, more family. Whereas, like, the 1990 adaptation is, like, straight-up body horror, where they're like... Like, it's so terrifying. This trailer made me think it's, like, a fun family movie with, like, sprinkles of horror in it. The other one's definitely a lot more, like... It almost has, like, a weird, like, Shining-ish tone where it's really? like a it's little crazy. bit more like eerie like throughout and like more great. But the 1990 adaptation still has a happy ending because there like there's like a good witch that they introduce that's not in the book <laughs> that helps transform the child back into a boy. In the original Roald Dahl book, the kid never turns back into a boy. He stays what? a mouse. And he's like, I live the rest of my days with my grandma. She's taking care of me as a mouse. Oh. That's crazy. Which is like so weird. And I wonder what they'll do with this one. Yeah. I wonder if they'll keep him a mouse or not. I don't think so. It seems like they might. I, I don't it know. It seems like it's a fun... It seems more lighthearted and fun, so I feel like they might go more... They might go like turn him back friendly. into a... Yeah. Like a boy. happy ending, just like on Like, if Radio. they think that keeping a mouse is too scary for that terrifying movie, they're definitely going to, for this fun one, they're going to make sure they do Yeah, it. I don't know. But we'll it see. looks like a lot of fun, and I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. I'm scared. <laughs> Veronica hasn't seen the trailer and she just only knows the last movie, which seems It definitely horrifying. looks a lot more fun. Like, like this one's like more like Hocus Pocus vibe. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's Hocus Pocus was kind of scary too. I, we we already had Hocus Pocus talk we did Hocus before Pocus you got here, so <laughs> you gotta save your Hocus Pocus thoughts for off the air. <laughs> Alright, well we're just about to jump into the first game. Veronica, you're welcome to play with us if you want to. I will stand by. Okay. And be the audience. All right, Ryan. This game is called Halloween Movies by Score, and here's how it works. I'm going to play you an audio clip of a memorable musical number from some Halloween movie slash horror movie in the past. All you got to do is listen to the audio and try and guess what movie this song is from. You can totally do this. I got this. Yeah, that's so easy. It's like Beat Shazam, but with horror movies. 
and Tyler's Jamie Foxx. And Halloween movies. They're not all horror movies. This is another thing that Ryan and I landed on before jumping on the podcast. Not all horror movies are Halloween movies, but yeah. also not all Halloween movies are horror movies. So there's like this weird intersect where there's like some horror Halloween movies. Oh yeah, it's a good Venn diagram. Oh yeah. Mm. I forgot that that existed. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I think we get it. Let's play the game. Okay, you ready to play? Yes. Here we go. Here is your first Halloween score. Track number one. Sounds like a video game. I don't know this one. I know this one. Ron, if you want to play, because I don't know this one. Is it Halloween Town? It is Halloween Town. Well done. It may have sounded more like a video game, because um, it's not like the official score. It's like some weird like re-recording, so it's very like minimalist. Like it's not the full orchestra version that plays in the film. It's very like, just like done on a synth for like the karaoke version. All the fun family Halloween movies, I think I'm going to know. Okay, perfect. Because I don't like the horror movies. I get spooked too easily. I get spooked somewhat easily. I'm in the middle between Tyler, who loves the spookies, and Veronica, who hates the spookies. I hate, hate the spookies. Well, that's double hate. And that doesn't cancel out. It just makes it stronger. (laughs) Okay, here is your second Halloween movie score. Okay. Do you know it, Veronica? Is it the whole thing? What is that? I don't know what that hand motion With means. With hair? With hair? The ring? Yeah. No. Oh. It sounds like a... I don't know. This sounds like what they're going to play when I walk through the Walking Dead walkthrough. Wait, is it Studios. Halloween? It's not Halloween. No. It's uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Oh. That's it. Yeah. Oh. I was like, one of those like classic. Yeah, it's like yeah, very yeah. well known to be like the Friday uh-huh. the Thirteenth refrain. Wow, that's I, great. I haven't seen that movie, but I know that song because we used to play games where we played horse. Yes. <laughs> Not this game, but other. I totally games. knew that. I don't know why I thought the ring. I definitely thought of like Halloween. It's okay. Movie. We still got the. It's okay. Friday the Thirteenth is not as good of a movie as Halloween. It's like the knockoff that what like about did better. Town? Which one's better there? Between Halloween Town and Halloween, or Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween? All Town? three. If I had to rank them, I would say, well, I mean, it's hard to rank Halloween Town against two horror movies, but I would say in terms of quality of the film, Halloween Town's at the bottom because it's not not professionally good movie. Well, Debbie Reynolds' performance is like one of the best things about that movie, but in terms of all the other elements of the film, it's like not necessarily like... They got a skeleton to drive a cab. That's true. There's great animatronics in that skeleton face. That's true. But I mean... Because like he talks, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, here is your second, or no, third. this is the second one. Third. Here's the we third Halloween movie soundtrack. Okay, okay. Oh, I've definitely heard this before. It's like fun. It sounds to be like Hocus Pocus. I don't know. It feels like Beetlejuice. It's not Beetlejuice. Is it Hocus Pocus? It's not Hocus okay. Pocus. But you're on the right track. Yeah. I would say it's the movie that's exactly in between Beetlejuice and Hocus Pocus. Really? Is it Nightmare Before Christmas? No. I feel like that's the good in between. It's another one that... Oh, is it? I don't know. I'm not scary at all. It's another one that we were wanting to watch the other night. Um, 
I wasn't there, so I don't know. Do you need me to keep playing it? Is yeah. It? Casper? Casper! Oh. Casper the friendly like ghost. Between right? It's like exactly in the yeah, middle between right. the two. You're right with that comparison. Okay, Casper. That one has Hilary Duff. Does it? Yeah, she's the girl. No, she's not. One of the, I think there's like multiple installations of Casper, oh, but I not the original. the original one. I don't know which, I just, I don't think I've seen one Casper movie all oh. the way through. <laughs> I've seen like parts of it when I was on. Is it like a newer one where it has a really? I feel like there's multiple installations of the franchise. Let's see. The Casper films. Oh my gosh, he has so many. How many? Well, there's some animated ones, right? Didn't he start off as an animated character? Casper the Friendly Ghost has been in movies since 1945. Oh my god! What? His most recent movie was. Oh, it's hard. Casper the Friendly Ghost in film. It's loading. Oh no. Alright, we'll do Casper Talk later. We'll come back to Casper Talk. Alright, here is the next Halloween movie All right. soundtrack. Oh, this is. Right? Halloween? No. Oh. Halloween Spooky. You'll get this one very soon if you don't know it by now. Is it like Christmasy? Oh, it's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice! Oh, I, I guess I need to rewatch Beetlejuice. I have, I was like, I have no idea. Like, I can kind of see it from the music. That's the main title. Mm-hmm. Oh. But then as soon as it does the, like, Harry Belafonte sample, yeah. you're like, oh. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know is, is Beetlejuice scary? Kind of, but not Kind good. of, but it's more zany. Wacky. It's, like, a little scarier than Hocus Pocus. Like, how It's that? right between... Oh, it's on the other side of Casper. Hocus Pocus, Casper, no, I... Beetlejuice. Uh, it's like scarier than Edward Scissorhands. All I know is that like, there's a Broadway, right? Yeah, the Broadway show has Broadway nothing to do show's with supposed the... to be really good, though. Yeah, but it's like a different story. The only reason I like this Oh, really? Because... It's not the... No, it's a different story. Exact. I thought it was just an adaptation of the movie. I think it's something else. I don't know, but Alec Baldwin is in Beetlejuice. Yeah. With, uh, what's her name? Susan oh, Sarandon. We just watched it recently. No, yeah, We watched I that recently. It. It's young Alec Baldwin it and Susan Sarandon. It's creepy. Yeah, it's, it's creepy. Creepiness. It's definitely creepy because they, like, have the weird faces and stuff. That's, like, the, yeah, like, the body horror and, like, yeah. the, like, transformative thing That's where the they're, like, in different, bit. like, well, dimensions or whatever. I don't know. I think the scariest bit is, like, when Beetlejuice turns into a giant, like, snake thing. Yeah. That's Ooh, spooky. that's pretty spooky. But... Yeah. The coolest thing about Beetlejuice is like all the set design and production design is really cool. Like when they do the little miniature stuff. It's so cool. Yeah, it's super neat. It's definitely one of my favorite Halloween movies. I watch it like every year. All right. I need to rewatch it. So let's see. I think Veronica has two. No, Veronica has three. We're a team. We're together. Oh, but am I winning? So you guys have guessed all four of them. Oh, then no, we're not. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) All right. You have two more. So here we go. Ready? Okay. Here's your fifth Halloween movie score. That's how that sounds. Okay. No, it's not. Oh, really? It sounds like it should be. Now it sounds kind of like the beginning of the Goosebumps TV show. It's similar to that, is it, kind are you of. Like afraid of the dark. Oh, not similar in what the answer is, but it's definitely musically similar. Oh. This is, in terms of the film, it's definitely more similar to Halloween. It's like a straight up horror movie. Oh, I'm not gonna know it then. Uh, I don't know what. What are horror movies? It's a very, uh-huh. very famous horror movie. It even won Oscars. Oscars? Shiny? No. Uh, Silence of the Lambs won Oscars. Before, oh. It's before Silence of the Lambs. Oh. So it's like... The 
before my life started. Is it like the one with Jack the Ripper? What's that one? That's Friday the 13th. That's Jason. Jason. Oh. I don't know. Jack oh, Ripper. Nightmare on Elm Street? No, that's before that. Before Elm Street? Wow. Psycho? That's not Psycho. No, after Psycho. So in the 70s somewhere. I don't know. This is the Exorcist theme. Oh, I've never, I've seen never that even movie. seen the Exorcist. Neither of you have seen it? It's no. way too spooky. It's so good. No, thank you. I don't even believe in ghosts, and I can't watch that. I've seen the version of the Exorcist they do on Scared Shrekless. Where. <laughs> The Exorcist is like not only just a Have you seen that version? critically acclaimed. <laughs> it's a Shrek parody to me, that's it. Oh Where someone's God. like possessed and they're vomiting and exactly. bed. Yeah. Shrek is the exorcist in that version and he has to come in and I don't remember who he's saying. I think it's Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio's possessed. The Exorcist is not only just like a very well critically reviewed horror movie and it's like sustained the test of time, but also it's like got its own lore around it of like and it's also a show. People being oh, yeah. involved in it, like production was like notoriously like had a lot of difficulties and stuff like being injured on set. And there's a person, there's like a convicted serial killer or murderer in the movie. He plays like a X-ray technician in like a hospital scene, oh, and he God. was like later discovered to have like committed murders and was like straight up sentenced. Wasn't there like creepy stuff that happened? On yeah, that set? exactly. So it's like got its own like lore to it too. I've heard about that stuff. It's oh, very good. Gosh. I haven't heard any of this. All I know is. Scared Shrekless. <laughs> I hate that that's your, what you picture when you think of this movie. It's also, it's been parodied a bunch. It's like one of the main parodies that's done in like yeah. one of the scary movies too is like, I think no, Scary I've Movie 2 opens okay, with no, like a legitimate parody. I know of, the movie. Yeah. Because I've like seen so many like people yeah, the head spins like, and hey, there's yeah, vomiting. Yeah. yeah. And and like Nokia does all of that. In the bed, right? Like, yeah. Hey, yeah. Exactly. And your um, mother sucks yeah blank in hell yeah, yeah, yeah also we're not allowed to curse anymore on this podcast because yeah, we decided this is pg-13 now. episode and ryan already dropped our dropped the one f-bomb we're allowed because i'm the mpa i'm gonna edit it out I'm, i'll drop the next one it does do are there films that like commercially release with yeah. like bleeped iron man swears we can't switch your theme to oh yeah i guess it's been done in like a like Kind of like satirical way, kind well, of. Well, it's like because in Iron Man, it's like the way in, they a, do it in a news report or whatever. Because yeah. it's on like CNN, and like the guy says like "f you, Mister Stark," but it says "bleep you, Mister yeah. Stark." Interesting. Or I guess it's been done in like stylistic choices. Like it's it's not squares, but like you know how in Kill Bill, where like the real names of people are censored mm-hmm. as like a stylistic choice. I feel like there's movies that do that with. Oh, like, and then they do it in swear. They bleep the word. Well, that's, oh, yeah. That's true. Well, it's it's like not bleeped. It's like uh, mixed. No, but you, you fat, fat mother. mother that's always bleeped, though. I know, but it's, it's bleeped. Like a choice. Oh, I thought oh. you meant. Oh, yes. Okay, that makes sense. As a choice. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about like the edits that they did to put it on Disney+. Do no. you guys remember Cops? And how what the, like, show the show cops? Yeah. Oh, how like when they'd be chasing somebody down, it would just be like a string of like because I, I think everyone's always. But swearing. I mean, like at that like at that age, because my dad would watch it, but I'd be like. <laughs> um, <laughs> But at that age, I would, like I didn't understand like cursing. I'm like, so whenever I heard someone curse, I would like connect that they were bleeping it out. Oh. So I would always be like, so you're just like, what are they saying? Yeah. Why? Do they... Wow, their audio file must have got corrupted. I was like, what? Is it's going tough on? because they're like cops and the crew is chasing them and maybe so they drop the mic. <laughs> I always thought it'd be worse to hear like something like bleep out than the actual curse word. Oh. Because uh, in your like, brain, like rap music like... too, because I like bleep it out, uh-huh. and then I actually hear the curse, but I'm like, oh, it's fine. Interesting. interesting. But if it's freaked out, I'm like, oh. Wow. Thank All you right. for joining us for a dive into Veronica's psyche. What's the next? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the final Halloween movie score. 
sounds like an alien. Like it's in space. Now it sounds very 80s. Listen closely. It's the Halloween theme, but this is the theme from Halloween 2. They do like a new synth mix for it. It's the exact melody. It's the exact same melody as the Halloween theme, but it's like performed differently. That's, yeah. It's very interesting. I like the original better. I get that point. I think it's cool that they tried to do like something different with it. All the candy for me. Here's here's how it sounds like in the original movie. Yeah, that's iconic. Which is like iconic, but I like that they were like, for the second movie, we're not just gonna like reuse it. We're gonna take the same melody, but like warp it and How distort it and slow it down. Ones, I felt it was like, They're so good. The Halloween 2018? The, the 2018 one was super good, yeah. and I'm really sad that we gotta wait till next year for Halloween Kills, but the teaser trailer was really good. Yeah. But we'll talk about that on a future episode. Yeah, peanut so butter sad. talk, peanut butter and your penis talk, save it for later. Anybody that didn't see that movie was <laughs> no what are you talking about? That's you know, the only thing There's the line in, uh, <laughs> in, uh, in that movie where he goes, oh, I got the dad on my penis. It's like some weird, like, one Why is that what you remember from that? It's, uh, the other thing I remember is, a uh, Bon Meek. Ryan always remembers, like, the weird, like, comic relief they try to weave into the plot. Like, there's a whole scene where they're just sitting there talking about Bon Me, and I'm like, why is this in the movie? That's what you need to create, like, a book of just, like, here's some comic relief. <laughs> That's my, there's, like, I, out of context. Some comic relief by Ryan. <laughs> That's on Twitter you should start. Ooh, that would be no, random, like, out-of-context comic relief. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be a good Twitter. I'd follow that. Okay. I might make it. I don't know. I'm that lazy. might be really good, though. Like, that's a good, like, <laughs> all niche, like, niche. People, all our thousands of listeners, don't steal the idea. It's ours. <laughs> yeah, if, anybody, if another comic relief out of context Twitter pops up, we'll know it's one of you. We're gonna report you <laughs> to the Twitter police. Alright, let's move on to our... Don't, wait, can we just, like, reinstate that I won? You did win. I thought you guys were a team. She um, she decided that we weren't. Yeah, Veronica, after, gets, after, Veronica gets MVP though. After I learned that, that, that she was winning, <laughs> we stopped being. But a if team. I was losing, I'd be like, "You were too." <laughs> In my mind, we were a team no matter what. But that opinion doesn't matter because I'm the loser. Well, the second trailer that we're talking about on today's episode, second and final trailer, because as we said, this is a little bit of an abbreviated episode, but. I mean, at least in terms of trailers, maybe not in terms of duration, because we've gone on a lot of tangents I mean, this so has been far. Fun. I mean, I just came home from work and it started like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the whole planning lunch. process. You got lunch. Yeah, it was lunchtime. It was like twelve thirty when I came over. Did you eat lunch at I work? Didn't. It was free. You got well, lunch. Well, I was also supposed to eat lunch. I, you want me to just starve when you're not home? Okay, this therapy session is now over. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, be our mediator. Please. Let's talk about the new trailer. <laughs> Freaky is the movie. Freaky, it comes out on Freaky Friday the 13th, November 13th, in theaters. It's directed by Christopher Landon, who has previously directed Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, and both installations in the Happy Death Day franchise. Starring Vince Vaughn, Catherine Newton, Kate Finneran, and Alan Ruck. We said Ruck, not the other word. We're nope. still good. <laughs> Although we could use Ruck as a filler word now for the rest of the episode. That could be fun. Um, Anyways, so this movie, if you've seen either of the Happy Death Day movies, they're probably mostly similar to the first one. It's like a horror comedy, slasher comedy. Um, 
This movie is basically a twist on the Freaky Friday premise where two people switch bodies, except in this installation, instead of a squabbling mother and daughter switching bodies, it's a psychopathic serial killer and a, and a girl. high school teenager. Oh my god. Yeah. So basically, she's sort of like the outcast, like kind of has a small circle of friends, not really a popular girl at school. She gets hunted down and killed by Vince Vaughn, who's playing this like 40-year-old serial, serial killer. killer. But instead of it just straight up killing her, they actually switch bodies. So she wakes up in Vince Vaughn's body and the serial killer is now in disguise as this high school teenager who is now able to like blend in and kill the high school. his victims because they're like, oh, I know that girl. She just goes to school with me. And then he, she's like killing people because she's really inside and the Vince Vaughn serial killer. The serial killer's face is like known to the public. So it's hard for the girl to go to her friends and be like, I need help. Because, because she looks like they, a forty-year-old serial killer. Like this is like a serial like, killer. Yeah, the whole pre- the whole premise of like she, I think that Vince Vaughn like knew that this would happen because he's trying to hide from the public is now that magic? his identity's been well, revealed. The way it looks, it looks like, like he's using some sort of like mystical dagger or it something. Looks like he's like, like a magic dagger. Thing. But also, it looks like he tried to kill her on top of the football field. But underneath the football field was like an ancient like Mayan uh, temple. Or There's something? like some mystical forces at work or something, and it has to do with like. I the precise location where she was killed or whatever, um, like, led to this event happening. But it seems like, at least from the trailer, it seems like Vince Vaughn's character, like, knew this would happen and did this intentionally. That I could be accidental. Know. I thought it was an accident. Oh, I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But anyways, I think it's funny because some of the comedy basically comes from, it's reminiscent of, like, Jack Black in the Jumanji movies, where it's like, I'm a teenage, like, hot teenage girl, but I woke up in this, like, 40-year-old man body. <laughs> And so having to be like, oh my gosh, like, how do I prove that I'm a teenage girl to my friends? And it's like, Vince Vaughn awkwardly doing, like, the cheerleading routine to the friends to prove that she's, like, who she says she is. Um, But it also looks like it's, like, having a fun twist on just, like, the horror genre in general where, like, she's like, I would definitely die for a snow horror movie. And then, like, she does die, but she just doesn't, like, actually Mm -hmm. die, you know? And it's interesting, uh, it looks like Catherine Newton gets to have some fun playing both, like, the girl at the beginning who's, like, loner and in the shadows and then what, like any, like, weird 40-year-old in a teenage body would do, like, being the hot, like, bitch on campus who's, like, you know, everything's going her way because there's perspective and they know how high school works. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, sort of, like, uh, Catherine Newton's character is able to, like, sort of get revenge on, like, the The people, the bullies, by, like, being a 40-year-old man. But also it's, like, weird because she's a serial killer so it's like she doesn't want to actually kill anybody but she's like scaring them um meanwhile Catherine newton's character is like all of a sudden being like you know she's dressing cool and like slick because it's the 40 year old man trying to like blend in Mm -hmm. and everyone's like wow like when did she become cool and all of a sudden it's like oh it's because she's a murderer trying to kill us (laughs) and it looks like it's a lot of fun um (laughs) in this serial killer movie of just like wacky antics and hijinks, um, like body swapping fun, but also like there's a ticking clock where we have to switch back before, I don't know, 6 a.m. Or else it's like permanent or whatever, you know? You know how all these movies have some arbitrary thing like that. So it gives the movie a sense of urgency. So it's not just like, we're going to goof around and have fun forever and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Not to mention the like, di- the like mechanism of the like, 
oh, people know what the killer looks like, so it, like, makes sense for her to not be able to, like, go to the police or, like, take an easy way to solve this. Like, I feel like that's not something a lot of horror movies think through a lot of times. It's, like, there's a much more, like, easy way to, like, resolve this conflict and find a way to, like, get assistance or help in this scenario. But the way that this is written seems like it's cleverly, like, figured out the way to, like, there's really no other way to, like, help solve this mystery other than to, like, figure out how to reverse this swap. But they want to swap back. I think the murderer doesn't want to because now all of a sudden they're able to like blend in and this other like basically I think the murderer is hoping like Catherine Newton's character is going to take the fall because she looks just like me and no one's going to believe hey I just woke up in this body you know yeah it's weird that it's Vince Vaughn it's weird but I feel like he he can I mean Vince Vaughn played Norman Bates in the Psycho remake yeah (laughs) like I feel like Vince Vaughn's really weird it's like shot for shot like weirdly like we're just gonna recreate it exactly yeah it's the way not it just like a reboot or like you know like oh, a restylized weird. version yeah, it's like, like straight look up look at the what's the point then exactly i don't know don't I watch know. that movie <laughs> i wasn't saying it was good i'm just saying oh. it's like a weird casting choice that has happened before but i feel like it works in the sense of like when it was like if it was just horror movie vince von serial killer i'd be like yeah that's weird like kind of like the kevin james nazi killer movie that was out a couple months ago kevin james we saw president? it in the drive-in becky with the little girl that has to like kill the Nazi skinheads that escape oh from jail. God. That was gnarly. Cool. But I was like, why is Kevin James the Kevin villain James in this movie? Kevin James is the president. That's Paul Blair Mall Cop. No, he's the president <laughs> in Pixels. I know, he's the president in Pixels. We have um, to honor him at and, his highest and role he's in a, office. And he's a police officer in Hoobie Halloween. Oh, so he graduated from Mall Cop. <laughs> demoted from president. Yes. Um, it's a toss-up. Police officer is in, in between Mall Cop and president that's the only these are the three steps mall cop police officer president president. that's how you do it that's how everyone's done it don't let anyone tell you um but so i think it would be weird if it was like just vince vaughn um serial killer movie but because it's like this horror comedy thing and all of a sudden vince vaughn gets to do this like let me show you this cheerleading routine to prove that i'm a teenage girl trapped in this body i feel like that helps like explain that casting choice because it's like kind of a vibe of like comedy happy death day yeah it's the Isn't same director the baby yeah the baby mask, mask killer. killer yeah mm-hmm. yeah and it's it, like funny and it's yeah it's horror comedy yeah. and i really am, enjoy horror comedy i mean i enjoy straight up horror movies too but kind of like ryan mentioned with the penis peanut butter joke <laughs> the comic relief in like straight up horror movies can get like awkward yeah. or is like just taking the tone of like this is a horror comedy and we're kind of going to blend the line between the humor and the horror and action and killing mm-hmm. um it's a fun approach and i think it was fun in ready or not it was fun in happy death day and, and happy I death think, day to you and i think uh i'll enjoy freaky too i'm into it and they also play that uh Diane Atwood song i think you're freaky and i like i think you're freaky <laughs> yeah i thought that was funny <laughs> yeah and even though this is coming out after halloween because they tried to land it on a friday the 13th and that just so happens to be in november um i still think it'll be a fun like seasonal installment um oh, but we would have to go to the theaters to see it because it seems like it's coming out theatrically only. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? It's like halfway to Thanksgiving. The it's third... the week before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Thanksgiving's always like on a Thursday Isn't it in a November. Third Thursday? Yeah, but yeah, this November thirteenth would be the second Friday. So it's the Friday before Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us for calendar talk. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> um Yeah, I think this movie looks fun. Um, it comes out on VOD, you have to wait till December for that, and then you still have to pay for it. So, I don't know, if you want to risk your life for it, I mean, it's your life. 
but I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to, but I would really like to see this. I mean, sounds pandemic. I would be there probably like opening weekend to see yeah, this film. Yeah, we'd go on like Friday afternoon. <laughs> but this isn't that world anymore. <laughs> I know. We'll have to see what the release options, if they change it. But um, I mean, yeah, theatrical release. Is it going to be like great? Uh, I think it's a PG-13. So maybe some blood, but not super bad. But I think it'll be a good time for everyone. If you watch the trailer and you're into it, you're probably going to be into the movie. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen other movies by this director, and I think I get the vibe. Yeah, totally. Tyler, this movie features Vince Vaughn as the Blissfield Butcher. That's what they've come to call him in the world of the movie. Right. Which got me thinking. There's lots of crazy horror villains out there. Lots of Halloween antagonists. Right. Are people going to dress up as the Blissfield Butcher? The Blissfield Butcher? <laughs> the Blissfield Butcher for years to come. Is that like I a mean, go-to Halloween costume? Like, yeah. Like Mike Myers. You see him on the street every once in a while. Like the costume, not the actual... Every once in a while? Like middle of June? There's a guy on TikTok that just dresses up like it and drives around his neighborhood and picks up his kid from school. So yeah, every once in a while you see Mike Myers. But here are some... Um, we've got a game today where I've got some lesser known villains. And I'm just going to name the villain. And I'll see if you can figure out which Halloween movie they're from. Veronica, oh, okay. do you want to try to play the, for this one? I mean, I saw your answer, but I'll try. Okay, don't cheat then. Wait, then <laughs> she's going to win. We're on a team. We're on a team. Okay. All right. Number one. The villain of this Halloween film is called Zool. Oh, I don't know Zool? if I know this one. Z-U-U-L. That's like an evil ancient spirit type of thing, huh? It definitely is. Is it? Is what? this from The Exorcist? No, I don't know that movie. Is There's, it fun? That's a it's a more fun movie. Okay. Like, it's a it? less. It's less horror, more fun. Okay. That's hmm. not Beetlejuice, right? No, the villain of Beetlejuice is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've said it three times now. Um, Wait, doesn't I think one person has to say it three times though? I don't know the rules. I don't know if you can swap it around. Wait, don't like different people. Whatever. Whatever. Who is Zool? Is the question. Zool. I don't know what movie Zool is from. For, it's like a Halloween movie? Yeah. Zool. Zool? No. Okay. I don't think they know it. Um, Zool is the name of the villain in Ghostbusters. Oh, right, 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 right. Zool possesses Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. And at the end, they have to blast her with the streams. That's right. Okay. I know. The next villain is Rose the Hat. Oh, Rose the Hat. That is from Doctor Strange. No, Doctor Strange is with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, not Doctor Strange. <laughs> what did I say? Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. That's oh, the Oh, that's answer. that remake. Why? The, no, it's, it's the, the Shining sequel. sequel. Oh, the sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, what's her name from Mission Impossible? I don't know her name. You like know. her more than I do. Yeah, we've referenced her before. I don't remember her name. Sorry. Rebecca Ferguson. That's it. We remembered her name. All right. Also from Men in Black International, exactly. which is a better movie than people give it credit for. Yeah, but both of the Mission Impossible movies she's in is better than Men in Black International. And so is... Oh, Dr. she's Sleep. funny though, huh? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> is she British? I don't I know. So. Her nationality. Uh, okay, this next one I think you'll both get because I didn't have the knowledge of what movies you had <laughs> previously watched before I wrote this list. Okay. But the villain's name is Ramsley. Hey, that's the Haunted Mansion. Yes. Oh. That's the butler from the Haunted Mansion who gets dragged The true hell. villain are those terrifying mausoleum zombies. Those oh my things are terrifying. horrendous. 
I hate that it's like they take this nice, like spooky, fun carriage ride through the <laughs> through the like With graveyard, the... and it's like all the fun like. <laughs> You know, theme park attraction ghosts. And then they get down the crypt and it's like terrifying decomposing (laughs) zombies. You're like, these are not the same. Way too detailed. (laughs) No, it's too much. It's like, you know those like go-to like decaying skeleton, like full body costumes you see at like a Party City or a Halloween store? It's like that, but movie quality, like straight up horrifying decomposing (laughs) body zombie. Wow. But yeah. Okay. Our next villain it's just another fun one. I'm pretty sure you're going to get it. But if you don't, I'm okay. going to be sad. This villain is Emotep. Oh, that's from the Mummy movies. Yes. I knew that one. Emotep. Most notably from the Mummy roller coaster. That I love Emotep. Ryan and I tried to ride like multiple. How many times did we try to ride it? Like, like five or six times last time we were there in a row. Why? It was so fun. It's, it's a fun roller coaster and it's there. so fast. No, that was when oh. we went like right before the pandemic shut down. Wow. It, shut down it was really fun. Uh, Emotep. Oh, that's new, right? No. It's not new, but... We, when, when we went to Universal Studios, we wrote it. I'm just saying the time we went multiple times in a row was not... It's the one where it, like, goes forward, and it's, like... Oh, and then yeah, it goes yeah, backwards, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden it's, like, a weird rave, like, mummy rave, yeah. and everything's, like, neon. And, and you go to the right. end, and Emotep's like, your souls are mine! And there's no real Emotep. ending to it. It that's just, like, end, opens and moves. That's a Halloween movie? Well, the original mummy movie probably is... I don't like know. Like one of the 30s. He's one of the Universal Monsters. It's like monsters. a classic monster movie, so yeah. I feel like it fits into the Halloween I don't know vibe. if the Brandon Fraser version is a Halloween movie, but it could be. I, I don't know. Okay, the next villain is Judge Turpin. Oh, I know this. Oh, I is did. This is from Sweeney Todd. Exactly. The Demon oh. Barber of Fleet Street. And I, I count Sweeney Todd Although as one a could, Halloween movie. One could I argue so. that Sweeney Todd himself is the villain. I think the one who wants to marry a teenager is... <laughs> no, Judge Turpin's <laughs> also an antagonist, but no, Sweeney Todd is bad. definitely not a good person. Everyone's bad. Some people are worse. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I'd rather be friends with Sweeney than Judge Turpin. Okay. That's just my opinion. That's fair. All right. And our final antagonist is named Sue Ann Ellington. Oh, this sounds kind of familiar, but I don't know if I can land on this. Is this like Kathy Bates' character from Misery? No. I feel like it's But you got kind the of same vibe. vibe. Yeah. This one, when I was looking up uh, Halloween movie villains or horror movie villains, I said, I have to put that one in there. It's too good. Hmm. Hmm. Sue Ann Ellington. I don't know. Do you have any hints lined up for She us? also goes by a nickname, but if I told you the nickname, I'd also be telling you the name of the movie. Oh, <laughs> oh um, interesting. Well, that's a hint. That's a that good is hint. a hint, yeah. Her nickname is the name of the movie. Wait, what was that one? Is it the one where the kids come over and think? Oh, Ma! It's Ma! Yeah! Sue Ann Ellington is Ma! Don't make me drink alone! Don't make me drink alone! It's literally one of the most terrible movies I've ever seen. It's bad. And if it weren't for cats, it would have been the worst movie I saw last year. It's true! It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, Octavia Spencer is a great actress and I respect the hell out of her, but that movie is not good. And even the climax that it tries to do of like, Ma obviously tries to instill like, an apt punishment to each kid for their personality. So like one of the girls is like, oh, you gossip too much. I'm so, sh- I'm sewing your lips ew. together. But the black kid, the black kid's only crime or like the thing that Ma thinks he's guilty of is just hanging out with a bunch of white kids. So she decides to bleach his skin. <laughs> no, she doesn't even do that. She just paints him with white paint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
stupid. I was gonna say I think like it's a better thing if you if it were to be like bleach his skin. No, but it's not. He just, hates him. No, I'm no. saying like it would it would match like sewing someone's lips together better. Like why is he getting off so easy? He gets his skin peeled and having. And there's a whole other like third act twist about like Ma ha- having a child that has like. Oh, supposed yeah. to have like an illness, but it's like a Gypsy Rose Blanchard situation where like she's not really sick, but Ma's trying yeah, to like keep a, her sick. What's it called? Mun- Munchausen's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and then, and that, that like has nothing to do with like the other teenagers that are partying her basement. It's like such a weird like. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> the weird like, reason plot. Ma is evil and wants to do this to the people is because like her parent, like the kids' parents, bullied her in high school, and it was a little more than bullying, but. Still, like, you don't take it out on the kids. Yeah, it's so much. There's so much going Ma's on there. not good. Don't watch it. Instead, I don't know, watch Freaky, maybe. Hey, I got one of those. <laughs> yeah, you got the hardest I one, two. I thought. Yeah, I got two. All right. We still have You're a team, and you both won. How many were there? We did. Six. Oh, you definitely won. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been a fabulous episode of Preview Review. It truly has been. Guest. So happy to have Veronica join us as always. As well, she's not here always, but every time she is, we're happy. That well, she I liked us. it last time she was here. <laughs> I did too. I wasn't here for that time, but I liked listening to your half of the episode. Well, I yeah, I enjoy it very much. Welcome. <laughs> now you've been here for two. How halves was of how episode. was it being here with Ryan here? Last time it was just you and I. It's more joyous than I can wow. ever imagine. Okay, well, you don't have to come on that hard time. You're still dating, so just play off a little bit. Therapy session over. What? <laughs> it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> He's trying to He's like, I can go harder, right? He's <laughs> All right, well. Veronica. <laughs> Stop, no. Everyone this was This is his new horror movie. <laughs> no one liked that. <laughs> I hate it here. <laughs> well, Veronica, I know you haven't seen either of these trailers, but we will ask you to join us at at least one half of this question. Ryan, for you, which trailer that we talked about today was your favorite? And for both of you, which movie that we talked about today are you most excited to see? I think my favorite trailer was Freaky, but I'm more excited to see The Witches because I think the trailer for Freaky told me exactly what it's going to be, but... The Witches looks more fun, and I'm excited to see it. And I'm sorry to all the people who don't have HBO Max who can't watch it. How about you, Veronica? Which of these two movies are you most excited to see? I'm excited to see Witches. Yeah. I think it's going to be... I'm interested, because the first one's terrifying. Like, in a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) And I think my votes are going to align with Ryan's. I like the freaky trailer the most, but I'm most excited to see The Witches. Mostly because I want to see... The changes and also how similar it is to the book and to the 1990 adaptation, but also what they do differently and the differences in, in tone and themes that they introduce wow. as well. So this is the first time we've tied, but we've had a tiebreaker. That's true. Normally we'd have to like flip a coin or do some other some random thing crap. to break a tie from our early days. But Veronica's vote has been the tiebreaker. And Yay. congratulations to Robert Zemeckis. Oh, right. We are most excited to see The Witches. Yay. Yeah, it truly means something. But also, well done to the editors for the freaky trailer, yeah. because it's a good trailer that they cut together. I'll have to watch it. It's on YouTube. The trailer. You know, most of the trailer. 
<laughs> that one actually got a special release on YouTube. Most of the time, oh, you can't wow. catch a movie. You have to go to the secret trailer sites to Tyler and I only. Okay, know. speaking of what, okay, while we're on the topic, isn't it so weird how like you can look up a trailer on YouTube and it's not like Ryan and I always try and find the one that's like released by the actual studio that's putting out the movie, mm-hmm. but there's like a million other channels that will just like re-upload the trailer, like movie clips international, the trailer for or like whatever, HD clips. and there's like always just like. So many different channels that just have the same trailer like re-uploaded. I'm like, why is it? Film themselves. Yeah, Yeah, or it's a reaction, or there's like you click on a thing, it's just the trailer, but there's like some like 30 second intro or commentary about like Uh this movie's coming. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) I I prefer that crap than just the re-uploads because at least they're adding something. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, you're just stealing and getting views off of it. So when you watch trailers on YouTube, be sure to find the one that's from the studio that's putting out the movie because that's you know. Giving credit to the actual studio that's releasing this film they and putting the trailer right out. Now. They do. They we do. talked about that earlier. But not as much as the theaters. We really hope to all of the independent theaters, to the franchises, all of those companies, theater workers, um, our hearts are with you. We really hope that your industry can survive all the things that are happening right now. And we want to be able to have the theatrical experience um, continue in the future. Yes. So and our fingers are crossed and our thoughts go out to you. Exactly. And if you're listening and you're from the government... Tribute is still waiting for their check. We need to keep this business alive as well. This pandemic's hit us hard. We all our sponsors left. We have us. made no oh, money from this podcast since the pandemic started. So we really like it's been really hitting our business hard. Yeah, I mean, what percentage have you lost since? It's one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I don't know, but decrease. like from before. Yeah, one hundred percent decrease. Wow. The entire amount that we've been making before the pandemic, we've. Not we're no longer that. making that. And we were making money before because Hudson gave us a dollar that time. That's true. <laughs> he said this is for the podcast. Aww. So thank nice. you, Hudson. You're the only one who supports us financially for this podcast. If you want to support us, not financially, but through social media interaction and such, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Preview Review. Send us your fan art. Um, tag the government and let them know to send us yes, our please. paycheck protection loan. At the government. (laughs) It'll work. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.